you are listening to the Yo Yo Podcast. Welcome to Yo Yo Squad. You are only young ones. The podcast to accelerate growth among youth in Malaysia. We offer a diverse range of conversation from professionals to youth that will be beneficial to you. Our squad simplifies and relates the topics and learnings for you, making it more actionable. I'm Carmen, and I will be your host for today. In today's episode, we'll be talking about my internship with Lamberge with Mr. Tan Yiwei. We'll be calling him Yiwei for today's episode. And today's episode is going to be fun to listen to. So make sure to tune in all the way through. Now it's time to welcome Yiwei to episode two, my internship with Slumber J. He's here to share about his personal experience, give us a little sneak peek into his life as a Slumber J engineer internship. So, you know, we'll be discussing about what he did to prepare to, to join as an intern and more. So, hi Yiwei, thank you for joining us. We are happy to have you here with us today. Hi Carmen, I'm happy to be here today. Thanks for having me here. So, for this episode, we are definitely very interested to know about your story of internship with Slumber J, right? So, could you introduce Slumber J and actually, what do you do there? Yeah. Right, uh, so I'll start with introducing Slumber J. So Slumber J is the world's largest oil field service company in the, in the world by market cap. So when we talk about, say, fast food, the, the largest company that in the world that you would think your mind would be McDonald's. And Slumber J, in a sense, is basically the McDonald's of the fast food chain. They provide a full range of service to all the oil and gas clients like Shell, Petronas, ExxonMobil, and stuff like that, from drilling, to completions, to uh, reservoir characterization and stuff like that. So it basically provides a full range of service all under the name of Slumber J. So what I did during my internship, first I wanted to explain a bit about my designation. I was tasked under the drilling and measurements department, technology lifecycle management. So drilling and measurements uh, in short, DNM, uh, is about, as the name implies, drill and measure. So this is a family of tools that is involved in drilling operations. I believe that not every one of the audience here will be from the oil and gas background. So allow me to explain a bit about what is drilling in oil and gas. Yeah, sure. So uh, Cameron, do you know where oil comes from? No, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could share with us more, yeah. So, so basically oil comes from underground, right? We all know that. And uh, most commonly in Malaysia itself, uh, oil come from offshore. So we have the oil rigs uh, offshore, 500 meters, 1km, 2km away from the shore, the sea line. And there we have a rig and then you have to drill down all the way towards your reservoir. So what's complicated about this process is the precision needed to actually producing oil itself. So imagine that an average oil reservoir is about the size of a few football fields, three or four football fields, the area itself. Now imagine that the, the very tubing, can imagine it as a straw that people imagine sucking up oil from the reservoir, right? The straw itself, the common diameter of that straw is around eight inches to 10, 15 inches. So imagine having the need to, from few thousand feet, from the water surface down to downhole a few thousand feet 
you need to precisely place this eight inches straw right at the correct interval of depth in the underground depth to extract the oil. So can you imagine the difficulty, the complexity of that operation? Because if you talk about football field, you hear someone uh, yelling, help me, help me in the middle of a football field, <laughs> one kilometer away. So, and now you, you want to reach him via a straw, via a rope, say, to, to help that guy, but you can't be there. So things have to be autonomous, it's almost blind. So what drilling and measurement does is that it provides you uh, sensors and to tell you where uh, your current drilling tools are using by emitting uh, nuclear signals, uh, gamma rays and stuff like that to measure the surrounding borehole uh, parameters like the resistivity, the conductivity. You can know that whether your surrounding currently is uh, water. If it's a rock, what kind of rock is it? Uh, is this a rock that has potential for oil and, and so on to help you navigate all the way down to that uh, street spot for oil production. So that is basically what uh, drilling is about. And drilling and measurements is a combination of uh, the sensors and uh, the drilling tools that helps to reach that target point. So that is what my internship uh, department is in. Uh, so drilling and measurements is a tool family. And I was based in Port Clam, where my task is under the technology lifecycle management, which is a fancy word for maintenance and failure investigation, basically the, uh, I would say the back end support of the tool itself. So whenever a tool is being deployed in offshore to uh, being run and drilled and measured, and after that it come back from offshore from the field. So you have to perform a basic level of maintenance. If the field happens to have any problem, have failed in a sense, uh, then we have to investigate the root cause of the failure. And then we have to develop solutions to mitigate and prevent uh, the next failure because each, each of these tools and the, the projects awarded, it costs hundreds of thousands US dollars to millions of US dollars. So each failure is very costly. So uh, what the maintenance team is doing is very critical to ensure that uh, there is no failure that happens on site. So yeah, so my internship is about being tasked in that team, helping in uh, performing the maintenance as well as uh, help assisting in performing the failure investigation for, for that two family. So that is basically what Slumberger is, what's drilling a measurement, one of the very, very small two family that I'm involved in. So, Thank yeah. you for such a detailed explanation, Yui. <laughs> yeah, so I just have a question. Do you have, as far as I know, you have three months of internship experience there, am yes. I correct? Yes, yeah. correct. Correct, okay. Yeah, so I would just like to know about, you know, when you're an intern there, how is everyone there in the company? How yeah. is everyone there? Yeah. Um, mm. They are very, very are professional. Friendly? Yeah, mm. they, are, they are friendly, yes, there's one thing. Um, uh, but uh, the word that I would like to highlight there is uh, professional. Sunbeger is uh, basically the number one service provider within the industry. So you can you can really tell that the, the, the everyone there is uh, basically cream of the top, and they are uh, very technical. They are very outgoing. They are very good at soft skills. They are very strong at uh, technical skills as well. So the culture in Sunbeger is very very driven. Like there's no 
best. There's no ceiling to what you can do. You understand me? There's times when you do something well and then you get complimented and uh, that's all. Sky is the ceiling is what they normally, uh, what all the engineers and technicians tell me. You can always do more, you do more, you do more. Kind of like a corporate slave, uh, sorry. <laughs> but uh, that, that, it is how it is. So that is the culture in Slumberger. Everyone is the looking to, everyone is the best and everyone is uh, very helpful in understanding, helping you to understand the operations and stuff like that. And at the same time, they are very competitive. And I think that is the, one of the things that really attracts me when I was doing the internship there, because I believe that the company culture is very critical when it comes to learning, especially when you only have three months in an internship. And that that culture um, being very busy running 24 seven, uh, sometimes I have to work seven days a week. So, but the culture there is what really helps you to uh, push yourself to your limit and learn. So yeah, that's about the culture there. Yeah, I definitely do agree with you that, you know, having good people when you're in, an intern is definitely very important because you're working such a long time with them, right? So it definitely yeah. is very, uh, plays a very uh, key, crucial role. Yeah. Yes. So thank you for your amazing sharing again. So I would just like to ask you about, can you think of any experiences, right, that you found interesting that you would like to share with us? Yeah. Right. Uh, interesting. Um, I share a bit about what makes Lumberjell special in a sense when it comes to internship, right? So since mm. my title is about my internship is Lumberjell, so uh, what makes Lumberjell stand out in my opinion as an uh, internship seeker is for, for one, they offer the I think one of the highest allowance for internship, they definitely offer above market average and it's one of the highest that I know in my peers. And apart from that, apart from the high allowance, um, the accommodation is provided. So I was uh, working in the Portland SCRE and uh, I was living in a room in a bungalow uh, in the Taman Botani, which is basically a very high-end uh, residential area in the Portland. Accommodation is provided, transport is provided, there will be a company van will be there every day morning 6 a.m. and then a company van will fetch you back at uh, 7 p.m. every day. So ECO provided, transport provided, even the meals in the canteen is being subsidized. So each day I spend like four, four bucks or five bucks for lunch for a full meal with meat and veggie and stuff like that. So yeah, and the best thing in my opinion that I do not believe that any other internship company provides, they have group service. So <laughs> the echo is provided and every day they have a room service. Uh, you have mates coming in to do your laundry, to make the bed and uh, stuff like that, to clean your room basically. So what this actually means, uh, it gives me the time to have absolute focus on my internship, right? Because I do not have to worry about having no money <laughs> to uh, really rent a good room, need to find a good room, I need to settle my meals and need to settle for my uh, transport and need to do my laundry every weekend. In fact, I can work seven days a week because everything else is, I have nothing else to do <laughs> because everything else is uh, being uh, being handled by the, the, the company side. So I can devote myself fully to the internship. So uh, back to your question, uh, what I 
find interesting about this company is the the focus on HSE. HSE stands for health, security, and environment. So basically, uh, being the, the, the pivotal focus will be on safety itself. Now we all know that oil and gas company, you all know that uh, oil and gas company pays well. They have a huge salary, salary and stuff like that. But you have to know that oil and gas is also a very, very dangerous industry. Back in 1980s, 1950s, when accident happens, casualties follows and these casualties we are talking about a huge scale uh, destruction of a rig and that will involve a lot of personnel and oftentimes uh, these catastrophic events claim a lot of lives so oil and gas has always been a very concerned about HSE itself so Slumberger has a strong focus in HSE like I mentioned earlier the first day that you go in they tell you that everyone is empowered to stop a job uh, if you uh, feel or you notice that there is a risk, there is a hazard that uh, there will be an accident that will happen or there will be a issue that will occur that will cause safety issues. So what this means, uh, say if uh, I see someone is using a forklift and then I notice that uh, there are things he's using a forklift around and then uh, I notice that there is a workers uh, trying to move the, the tools, the pipes across the site. I am empowered to stop the job, to stop stop the forklift from moving or stop the stop the workers from moving because there is a safety issue, right? There's a potential hazard that can happen. Things can really go bad if uh, there's a chance, right? And I don't want to say that there are people who die, but there's a chance for uh, safety issue. So you're empowered to stop the job, even if you are intern, even you are just cleaner itself. But as a matter of fact, uh, Everyone is required to wear full PPE, uh, full PPE as in you have to wear your coveralls, safety helmet, safety goggles, as long as you're not in the office. So the moment that you step out of the office, you are not found in your full PPE with goggles, with, with safety helmets, uh, you can be reported. You can receive warning letters. You can be even be fired for it if you are repeating this offense a lot of times. So that is one of the... Uh, things that I can share you about the company absolute focus on HSE, which uh, really makes you feel safe when you work, especially I, I told you that I work in the maintenance side of things. So it is very natural that uh, I'm walking under cranes every day and walking next to tools, pipes that weigh tons in kg kilograms and I move, a, a, a move around in a very high risk area of tools and stuff like that. So Having know that uh, there's a lot of HSC policy frameworks, rules in place, uh, really helps to have uh, give you this sense of security when you are performing your jobs. And I think that is that is very critical. That is not found in a lot of other companies. I'm I'm very active in university, so uh, it's very common for me to uh, conduct industrial visits to sites and stuff like that. And I can very confidently tell you that Slumberjay has the best HSC practice of the companies that I've been to because of the sheer uh, focus and empowerment they give to each of their employees. So HSC is uh, what I can share about you. Um, another thing interesting would be oil and gas, the company operations run 24-7. So even on not just in offshore, we know that in offshore, the rig run 24-7 because 
the operation is very expensive. Every hours, every per day, the rental rate for a rig per day is uh, 100 to 200 US dollars. So the operations have to run 24 seven. There will be day shift and night shift and stuff like that. But outside of that, even back in the maintenance space, I was not say 24, but it's definitely seven. So even on weekends, the engineers and technicians, you can see engineers and technicians working on weekends. And how do I know that? Uh, I think starting from third or fourth week of uh, my internship, I noticed because accommodations provided, right? And one of the weekends I woke up early, I saw the company van down there <laughs> at 6 a.m. And then the engineers around already hustling, waiting to get up, preparing, and then get up via the company van and stuff like that. On, on a Sunday, I believe at 6 a.m., they, they come back at 7 p.m., stuff like that. So uh, out of curiosity, I went there as well. Uh, one lovely weekend, I got nothing else to do. So I just hop on <laughs> the, the company van because uh, I'm very busy on weekdays, right? Uh, rotating around the, the departments, uh, learning uh, from the technicians and engineers how the tool works and help them in cleaning, deploying the tools and stuff like that. So on weekend, I'm not bounded to these responsibilities. So that is when I'm free, actually free to walk around the entire base, of course, with uh, full PPE and stuff like that. So I get to uh, really walk around and then uh, really see the other two families that they have other than drilling. You have a byline, completion, coil tubing and stuff like that. So you can really uh, have a look at how huge the operation is going on and how, 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 how busy everyone is actually is. And uh, yeah, I, I even get the opportunity to le uh, learn more because uh, people working on weekend, they are more chill a bit. They are not really uh, being tied to strong, very, very tight deadlines and stuff like that. They still have deadlines, but not as tight as they on weekdays. That was, I take it as a little networking session. I chit chat a bit with uh, the engineers around. So yeah, uh, that, those are one of the experience that I, I can tell you that I work on weekends as well. Yeah, so that is uh, two of the things that I found interesting. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing with us. Because I only asked for one experience. But it's <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think our, our audience will benefit a lot. <laughs> That's great to yeah. hear. <laughs> so I like to ask, how do you actually, because you know, as an intern, right, you definitely report right. to you know, like your supervisor or project manager. So how is your experience like during your internship there? And how do you keep track of progress? Because usually we have like weekly meetings, right? Yeah. Your first question is uh, how do I work with my, my team or something? Yeah, like yeah, that? a team. Yeah, you can describe that. So, yeah. Okay, so uh, working in a team, how to work in a team. Uh, first, one, one advice that I can give right now to the uh, undergraduates or the internship doing people right now ask quality questions. Now, we often hear about people talk about communication skills. Communication skills is a two-way process. You speak and you listen. It's not about your language skills. It's not about your fluency in talking English or with American accent or UK accent, stuff like that. But it's more about your ability to comprehend what people are trying to convey, think, and produce quality outputs. And what I mean by that, when I say ask quality questions, well, say uh, it's very, very, very uh, common, right? When we go to career fair, maybe, and then 
when they have a Q&A session and then the students will ask, uh, can you tell me uh, what's the most challenging part of your daily life and then how do you overcome it and stuff like that? Those are very common yeah. 1,000 1, questions that you have. Now, when you do internships, if you ask these kind of questions to your superiors, everybody will think that you are yeah, boring. <laughs> you are like a, you have a personality of a wood. So what I'm trying to say is, uh, ask quality questions. If you want to work in a in team and want people to respect you, and then you want to blend in quick, ask quality questions. If you uh, if uh, one of the committee that I know here is working in top glove, uh, as in, as an intern, right? So for example, if when you work in a top glove, you ask about uh, what's the design choice? What what what's the design choice of this former of the glove? Why why are we using this material? instead of that, because I study chemical engineering. I know that uh, this poly uh, rubber stuff, latex and stuff like that, they have uh, multiple federations and stuff like that. So why? what was the reason behind choosing these materials and stuff like that? Yeah, so these are the examples of quality questions. If you work in a boba shop, why are we using the, the materials for this milk? Why? Why are we using oat milk? Why are we not using the cow milk? Why are we using uh, the, the stuff? So why ask the relevant questions? And then from there, you will be able to really critical thinking and provide solutions based on what you have studied, stuff like that. Uh, what's the second question again? I'm sorry, I didn't. No, it's OK. Yeah, talking about the point just now, right? I definitely do relate with that. Because I said a lot of people might think, that, oh, like, um, communication skills is like very underrated. It's, it's like, oh, I can talk then. Yes. They thought that, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, but it's definitely, um, it's very important about your point that ask, you know, good and quality questions and also ask for clarity, I feel like, because like uh, when you are in a project, definitely ask, you know, cl uh, clarity questions in terms of clarifying with, you know, because um, after uh, when you are needed to complete the task and when you are not clear about the task, then, you know, you kind of like. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. It is far it is easier to say to to when people yeah. ask you questions. You have any questions? It's far easier to always say to smile, not and say yes. I have no questions. Everything is clear to me. And in the end, you produce. <laughs> right. So yeah. confirm confirm what you understand. Ask questions, quality questions, and then maybe if you are able to provide feedbacks. If you are not able to, then uh, you can, yeah, as you said earlier, ask for clarity. And that is uh, really what a uh, two-way communication is about. Because people will just convey their message to you and you confirm that you understand her, his or her message accordingly. Not just, yeah, I know. Okay, okay cool, cool, like that. <laughs> so that is that's the easiest thing to do, yes. But uh, I, I found that it's very a uh, lazy way and uh, and there's not necessarily a great uh, impression to leave, in my opinion. Yeah, that's why I feel like when you're in a meeting, it's best that, you know, you kind of think of the questions when the speaker is communicating along the way. Yeah, when the speaker asks about, oh, do you have any questions? Then at the time, then you can pop out all of those questions, you know? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That is mm. definitely helpful to leave impressions uh, when possible. Yeah, that's also what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So my second question is when you're an intern, right? Um, I think you have to, you know, report to your supervisor or project manager. Yeah. Like, do you have like weekly meetings? Well, uh, it's daily. So 
strategy, as I told you, the absolute focus on HSD. The operations before operations starts, the, the, the company official hours starts starts from 8 a.m. So before anything commence, every day, 8 a.m. straight, we have a daily morning meeting for each subsegment. So the team leader will gather their engineers and technicians, and then they'll first thing that they will cover, HSC. They'll talk about the recent uh, HSC issues that happened. This, so they'll play a video, say, uh, so this is someone that broke his finger yesterday in US because he did not put on the glove when he's trying to operate this machine. And they will show you the bloody picture with the finger broken off and stuff like that without censorship and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and that's fully intentional to let you know that injuries happen when you're careless. And it's very often that things will happen. So you don't have to cover it up. You have to censor it, show it. And so that's the first thing that is being covered in everyday uh, morning meetings whenever there's an injury happen. Because the Astrology uh, is a global company, uh, it has operating in 120 countries, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, they have a very broad network. And uh, HSC is, is one thing that's being circulated on a daily basis, the reports, incidents, and stuff like that everyone can access. So every morning, you have this uh, HSC briefing. And then you uh, will cover about uh, what are the, the jobs and the operations that they are going to uh, carry out for the rest of the day. So to answer your questions, uh, meetings are being held daily. Uh, with the first focus on HSE, second focus will be uh, to make sure that everyone knows what they are doing, to make sure everyone knows that uh, you already have permission to perform this job. Uh, you, you know that uh, the, the next task after this task is this task. And uh, if you, are, you have another technician that is not that busy, then you have another one to cover him. So. Yeah, so to answer your questions, meetings are being held daily. And how do I keep track of the progress? Right, right. I have this uh, notebook, uh, basically what uh, Sarbaji gave me a, a book. So I wrote them down a whole fashioned way. So I always write things, I like to uh, write things down. So when the team leaders are talking about uh, the jobs that it's going to perform, and then I'll note it down. And for the rest of the day, I, I do a walk around and and see that, okay, so this is the job that you're currently doing. Okay, so so tell me more about it. Uh, tell me why, tell me this and that and stuff like that. So that's how I keep track. And uh, this will be helpful as well in the future uh, because after that, uh, during my three months of my internship, I, apart from my daily tasks, I'm also doing projects. I've completed five projects within the span of three months. So oh, a lot of this, yeah, so a lot of these projects uh, primarily involve process improvement and uh, HSC improvement. So these projects are things that I do to uh, either for cost saving purpose to streamline the uh, maintenance process or for HSC concerns. So uh, for example, the one of them was about uh, HSC walk around with a 5S. So basically, uh, do a maintenance based walk around and then give them scores and then put it on the board and then to show that uh, these are the weaknesses of this week and these are the things to be improved and we hope to see improvement in these areas in next week say there is a oil spill on the floor and that is a sleeping hazard there's a loose cable on the floor that is a tripping hazard and those stuff will be captured those stuff will be uh, displayed on the board 
So, uh, and for everyone to see and for everyone to take notes and, and people are able to take action based on those. So those are some of the projects that I'm involved in. And these are the, uh, this project, uh, the, the daily meetings are very helpful in regards to uh, facilitate the execution of these projects because uh, when you have a daily meeting, everyone has a chance to speak up. So uh, though I'm just an intern, uh, I, I still got the opportunity to uh, stand in front and then uh, talk about the, uh, this project and how to execute. And I even produce manuals. I even produce PowerPoint presentation slides uh, to really uh, help everyone to understand and be able to follow the procedures necessary for the project to be a success. So yeah, so about how I keep track, uh, I use a notebook and uh, it's definitely critical to help me to keep track of stuff and uh, also present stuff in the future. Yeah, I do resonate with that, having a notebook. I also have a notebook that I kind of jot down some things. And I think that is actually very crucial because you have so many meetings. Yes. And then like so many tasks and so many information. You can't like just listen and then like remember everything. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So I'd like to ask that, you know, um, from an experience, right? Because as yes. uh, you said that you are very active in university. <laughs> uh, after that, you have become an intern. So what do you think are the top soft skills needed as an intern? Okay, soft skills are definitely important. There's no, <laughs> I don't think there should be any doubt about that. The number one soft skills that I, I, I personally think that is critical, to me at least, uh, is drive. Drive or people call it self-initiative or people call it uh, passion, passion. Yeah, it's grief, <laughs> stuff like that so to uh, everyone can do their job right everyone is able to do the bare minimum to get by every day if they want to if i'm going for an internship three months of internship i just have to lock in on time every day do the bare minimum that is asked of me and then in the end i just have to produce a report sign and i'm done and i just wait for my graduation. And a lot of this can be uh, correlated to how people spend their time in university, right? You just, your ultimate goal is just to graduate. So if yep. the bare minimum would be to pass every semester with a 3.0 CGPA and graduate with a certificate. And the rest of the time I spend in my room uh, doing something else and not participating in core curriculum or anything like that. So given the same amount of time, people with drive, they are able to uh, produce a, a much more results than is supposed to. That, what I mean is like not doing the bare minimum. You need to have the drive to look for opportunities to uh, stand up. When it comes to project, right? I did five projects. Three of the projects are self-initiated. That means that uh, I managed to identify opportunities for improvement. And then I, I volunteered to execute that project. So that is what sets uh, people apart, right? Uh, some people do one project in three months, two projects in three months, being asked by your supervisor and stuff like that. But when you are a driven person, you, are, you should always look for more, do more. People feel like they are not compensated enough. I'm not paid enough for this thing. I'm not paid <laughs> enough to do this, to do that. I just do, I'm paid 500 ringgit per month. I will do 500 ringgit job. If that is your, uh, that is your mindset, then you are not going to going very far. Because internship is to be very, very honest, internship is a very, very important experience. I even regretted that I didn't do more internships 
uh, when I was second year or even Same. when I graduated, right? Because mm-hmm. the when you when you when you do more internship, you are able to uh, first networking, second uh, build up your resume, third and you can experience more different kind of roles to really understand what things that you want, what things that you are good at, what are the things that you excel at, right? So it like like. Uh, Carmen, I believe that you've just recently graduated, right? So yes, uh, yes. When, when you apply for jobs like that, it's, sometimes you feel very lost with uh, the number of vacancy uh, job posted. Is it really what you want? Uh, is it really something that you can excel in? Is it something that uh, you will want to do in the long term? Is this something that you're confident that you're, you're able to build a career on it? So internship is really a place for you to really experiment with stuff and uh, really throw yourself into it, devote yourself for that three months, just three months, and then really experience things around if you like, whether you like to uh, do management or not, whether you like to get your hands dirty doing maintenance stuff or not, whether you prefer to stay in the project uh, part of the team, whether you prefer to uh, do the support support team and stuff like that. So uh, that's the purpose of internship, right? To really uh, get exposure. So exposure, I think in order to maximize that exposure itself, the number one soft skills that I, there's no question, the number one soft skill that's needed is drive how to really maximize the, make the most out of your internship. So first soft skills, second, uh, communication skills that I've mentioned earlier. And the third, uh, for me personally is, the tenacity or grit or be able to do something repeatedly every day like a rock right uh, even if you are you are, you are dreaded to get off a bed that during my internship i wake up at 5 a.m every day to go on to the van at 6 a.m <laughs> reach the company oh. at 6 30 7 a.m then the job starts at 8 a.m and then uh sometimes it's a very physical very labor work so it's very tiring but uh, you need to have the ability to really drive yourself uh, and then have the grit to grind through all this stuff to really gain the exposure out of it. So uh, drive, communication skills, and uh, tenacity. Those would be my, uh, my top soft skills for myself. Yeah. I also think that those soft skills definitely benefit, benefit you in the long run. I also think that you know, uh, having internship is very, very important. I also come to realization that you know, in my final year, that I saw that so many people are actually, you know, especially LinkedIn. And then I was like, oh, what if like, I actually have the internship experiences? Then it's actually it's very great as what you mentioned. You have like different exposure. For example, you could, uh, you could go to different industries like you know, e-commerce, banking, you know, finance, oil and gas. Yeah. So I would say that it's definitely will give you a different, you know, broader yeah, perspective. Yeah. So I'd like to ask you, you know, how much do you think CGPA is actually affecting the chance you know, of getting an internship? I always you know heard that people say you know, CGPA is very important. And some may say, oh CGPA is actually you know not that important. Like, uh, like recruiters wouldn't wouldn't really just see that aspect. Yeah. So I'm very intrigued to hear about your take on this. How much do you think that CGPA is actually affecting the chance? You know? yeah. Yes. Mm. Out of 100 technical talks, virtual career fairs that I've been attending to, 
the number of the rate of these questions come out is 100%. <laughs> Every single time when it comes to Q&A session, is CGPA important? Or yeah, yeah. do you think that the, the company are hiring based on CGPA? Stuff like that. What if I have a lower CGPA? <laughs> yes. Uh, right. Uh, in my opinion, right, this is a very, very weird question to be asked, right? Like if I ask you comment, um, if yeah. you are buying a car today, uh, do you, are you looking at the safety features or you are looking at the fuel economy? Everything. Everything, right? So it is weird <laughs> to, to think that uh, low CGPA equates high soft skills. Uh, high CGPA means these people are absolute nerds. They, they can't talk for, for stuff. They can't, they can't work in the team. They're just good at reading. They are just, yeah, they're a bunch of bookworms and stuff like that. Uh, these are qualities, right? Having a good CGPA means that you have a strong understanding on what you are studying. If I'm studying petroleum engineering like I'm doing right now, I, I did, sorry. Uh, it means that I have a pretty decent understanding on the upstream operation fundamentals. I know about the drilling and uh, the completion engineering uh, reservoir, stuff like that with a good basics. So CGPA uh, is basically showcase your ability to learn within learn stuff within one semester, display that you are able to practically use this uh the this 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 knowledge in an exam in assignments and stuff like that. Even even working in assignments, right, helps in uh, getting good CGPA. Right, it means that you need to be uh, good in working in the team. You need to know how to carry your team and uh, work on the assignments and stuff like that. So. CGPA is uh, definitely important, like I mentioned earlier, is part of the quality of a student. Your ability to learn, your ability to uh, understand the concept, the fundamentals, and apply them uh, in, within a short frame of time. Whether or not you remember them is, is another story, but it shows uh, your ability to learn. And CGPA basically correlates to that. So both, both are very important to me. Yeah, I do agree. Because I feel like if you actually put yourself into the recruiter's shoes, right, they actually look at so many resumes. Yep. Yeah. So you know you can kind of have the the number the number itself is a benchmark, right? And without without yeah. actually looking at say I didn't look at common, I just look at the resume. I put the two resumes side by side. When they are identical, one is showing their CGPA first class honor, the other one is hiding their CGPA. It's not just put a bachelor of IT and hide their CGPA it means that he, she or she have low CGPA. Then mm. I know that she, she doesn't even not confident in her, her, her academic performance and stuff like that. So side by side, of course, the first class honor will win. But when it comes to interview, a lot of other things comes to play. Communication skills, your ability to, to speak up, to present and stuff like that, confidence. But they that but they are not they are not inversely proportional, right? Doesn't mean that I have high CGPA means I'm not confident. Doesn't mean that uh, I'm not good <laughs> at speaking. <laughs> so yeah. it is an important quality to have. It's best if you have high CGPA, right? Mm -hmm. There's no way that a, a recruiter will tell you no, we hire higher CGPA as low <laughs> as possible. No, right? <laughs> so yeah. it is an important quality, like I said mentioned earlier about the car. You want the car to be the best value. To have to have to, to be the best value, you want it to provide the best safety features and the fuel economy at that price with a good design, with a good brand, everything. So everything contributes, everything is important and 
both of these are very important qualities. Yeah, I do agree with your perspective. Yeah, so, you know, because just now we have talked about uh, a lot about your internship experiences. <laughs> I mean, our audience will have loved to hear that, right? Like, since right. I've gone through internship, right, I believe that you definitely have some experiences of the job application process. Yeah, could you right. share with us, like, what do you do after you have submitted a job application? Uh, there are multiple uh, ways, uh, strategies when it comes to uh, looking for a job, right? Uh, especially, well, things are changed, right? We graduated in the midst of pandemic and the openings itself is very limited. We are competing basically with two badges of graduates that is not employed since last year when the pandemic hits. So to me, there is uh, one strategy that I use. Uh, the first one is uh, when I mass apply. I have a general resume and I mass apply to every position that is being posted on LinkedIn that is uh, slightly relevant to my uh, my education or positions that uh, I have interest in, like data analyst, uh, because I did a bit of self-studies on Python and stuff like that. So I try my luck and stuff and basically mass apply. You don't expect replies from these people, but it's okay because these are the backup plans. The second one is uh, when I actually tailor my resume to be sent to the company because I uh, these are my dream companies. These are the companies of my target that I want to build my career in, say for Shell, Petronas, ExxonMobil, stuff like that. So uh, what my strategy would be is uh, tailor my resume connect to them on LinkedIn, uh, basically search for the HR on LinkedIn and then have a chit chat, uh, understand that whether there's a graduate program uh, going on and if there is, then uh, deposit your resume and uh, do a little bit of introduction and say, have a good day, thank you. Uh, so to leave a better impression, right? it's, be it's much better than sending a general email to info at shell.com, <laughs> which you know that is not going to get responded and stuff like that. And uh, if you have a dream company, you have a target company that you want, uh, if you are active in society, uh, in your clubs and society, so chances are you have seniors that is working in that company. So it's uh, very, very easy to uh, get to that connection, ask him or her for a favor to get the HR email, and then craft a personal and a tailored email to really increase your chance of being noticed. So that is uh, one of the advice that I can give. Yeah. So I think it's very interesting that you know you have your own strategy in terms of you know after submitted your job application. Yeah. So do you actually keep track of your job application? I do have like an Excel because I saw some people they have like an Excel and then you know to keep track of their progress. Right, uh, I, I used to have that when I was searching for internship, but uh, when it comes to after graduate, uh, most of the time I apply, you know, internship is very different when it comes to job application when I was applying, because internship I was applying via connections, via uh, people that I know and then email to the HR and stuff like that. When it comes to job, most of the jobs that I apply are on uh, LinkedIn and uh, sometimes uh, email as well but most of the stuff are on LinkedIn. So it's being recorded on LinkedIn already because LinkedIn have this feature called safe job, uh, I, my applied jobs and stuff like that. So to answer your question, uh, no, I do not have an Excel sheet for that. 
I just check my sent email in my Gmail and uh, on my LinkedIn. Mm, I see. Yeah, so what do you consider when you're choosing an internship? I'm quite curious right. about Well, to be honest, everyone goes into the internship of their choice of company mm, because yeah. they want to get into that company, right? In, yeah, because yeah, yeah. You, you, you know that yeah, this is the very company. <laughs> I know this company has high pay. I know uh, this company, they, they give their graduates opportunities to work abroad. Uh, this uh, yeah. MNC. Uh, this is a dream company that I to get in. That's why I want to score an internship to have a better chance to get absorbed. So uh, that is one thing. The second thing uh, would be uh, learn. Learn. Mm. Basically learn. Uh, in oil and gas itself, I can't say for other industry. In oil and gas, there is uh, basically two kind of companies that is common. It's client and their service provider. So client is uh, those companies that is everyone's very familiar with. Uh, those are the companies that open up petrol stations, BP, Shell, ExxonMobil, Petronas, uh, Chevron, uh, Total. So all, all of these are the client side. Another side is the service provider side, which is Slumberjay, the big four, the big three, sorry. Uh, Slumberjay, Baker Hughes, and uh, Weatherford. Yeah, Halliburton, sorry, <laughs> and Halliburton. So, most of the time, uh, since uh, the oil price crashed in 2014, the client side of the company, they rarely, rarely, rarely take in uh, fresh graduates unless you are the absolute 1% of the top graduates in the world, in the world itself. Uh, but however, doing internship in these companies, they are still taking internships, but they are not absorbing you <laughs> because they are oh. minimal hiring. <laughs> years of requirements, like two to five years. They are only hiring experienced people. However, they are still taking internships. So going to these companies, you can learn, really learn uh, the top companies on the way of their work. And the things that you do as an intern in Shell is very different than the things that you do in Slumberjay. I have to say that. I, I can't say the value, which one is better, but uh, in terms of if I want to practice petroleum engineering, internship in Shell is definitely more valuable for me to score a job, to land a job as a petroleum engineer. So because uh, in, uh, as a Shell client side, you'll be in charge of, uh, say, reservoir engineering. So you have to do the simulations and then uh, geological study, developing static and dynamic models uh, based on the parameters and stuff like that, developing production strategies, stuff like that. So these are highly relevant to uh, what I'm studying, but it's very, very, uh, the, 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 the job opportunities is very scarce for this growth. So what I'm trying to say is, uh, uh, aside from uh, just looking at the company names to uh, score an internship so that you have a better chance to get in, you have to also understand uh, what you are getting into. Right, uh, you know know what uh, the target experience that you want. I joined Slumberjay because I want to have some exposure on drilling sites. So that's what uh, I, 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 told, I told the recruiters during my interviews. I want to uh, learn about the drilling and measurements, FWD, LWD operations, and uh, Slumberjay, Slumberjay is the number one company for me to do that. So that is where I went to. So uh, to all the internship seekers that's, that's out there, uh, the advice would be, study uh, to really understand what 
kind of uh, experience or exposure that you are going to get into and the also the company culture without doubt uh, some company have big names especially uh for example in the accounting we have a uh, big four right oh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of families they are being notorious of having very say not toxic work culture and very long yeah. working hours and then uh, oppressive superiors and stuff like that uh, for example so this this involves uh this these cultures are also very critical when it comes to uh, choosing a company where you want your career to be built in so uh, my advice, uh, if you have uh, an account or just just create an account, uh, I, I would recommend using Glassdoor uh, to research about that company because Glassdoor is the place where you can anonymously talk bad things about your employer. You can <laughs> expose the salary. You can expose your bad superiors, the bad practice, the good and the bad transparently without the fear of backlash or getting attacked or have facing consequences so i recommend highly recommend uh internship seekers to really research their companies of choice and the website that i recommend glassdoor uh yeah so that is the advice that i can give yeah i do agree with you because i feel like some sometimes you know, when we search uh, when you are searching for internship we tend to look at the bright side of it you know, yes, we look yes. at, you know, search for the good things and then we don't look at the, not as bad things, but like, you know, more insights towards the real working environment, right? That is the thing, right? Because most of the time when you're attending a virtual career fair with the HR, the country HR director comes to give a talk, talking about why you should join us, what opportunities that you can get. Of course, all you're going to hear is the good things. <laughs> There's yes, no doubt yes. about that. So. Yeah. Where to hear about the bad things? Tell me about the bad. I want to know about the bad things. I know, I want to know what I'm getting into, right? The best way yeah. to get it, anonymous site, Glassdoor. Second, from the seniors that are working in there, have been there, and then they're able to share their experience with you, and then you know that what to avoid. Yeah. So don't. Yeah. So really, thank you, Yiwei, for coming to YoYo Squad. You know, episode two, my internship with Lambejay. So really thank you for coming into our podcast. And I believe our audience has definitely learned a lot from your experiences. You know, you even share about your two interesting experiences. And definitely if you are searching or applying for internship, definitely, you know, have the higher the CGPA, the better. And also try to um, like build up your soft skills because you definitely need it when you are working in a team, in a working environment. As well as you mentioned about you know, soft skills are very, very important, especially when you go into the workplace. As well as when you are applying for internship, definitely look at you know, the anonymous you know, like Glassdoor, look for those reviews because those are playing a very key important role for your internship. Yeah, I mean, if you got in, yeah. And then as well as definitely as what you has mentioned, she also have a notebook to jot down you know, all the important things that you learned during your internship. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, uh, thanks for listening to our episode today. And we really appreciate if you can provide your feedback to the squad. All right. Thank you so much, Carmen. And uh, thank you to your, your team for being here today. Yeah, and make sure to join our community on Discord and follow our social media page on Instagram and LinkedIn. All the links will be provided in the description of the episode. 
let's meet again on our next episode next week. Bye!